The people who are of God do the word of God. The people who are of God delight in the scriptures. And the people who are of God correct themselves by the word of God. There are many, many, many who say Jesus is Lord and they say they are Christians and they confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. But in their heart, they don't believe that scripture. Therefore, they don't do the scripture. They don't allow the scripture to rule over them. The scripture rules over us, all scripture rules over us who are of God. Because the Spirit of God is inside us, the Spirit of truth, and he will not allow us to continue to live in the error of the religious world. If you live in the error of the religious world, you can't have the Spirit of truth. It's light and darkness. It's just impossible. If you are of God, you love Scripture and you do Scripture. You don't just do the parts of Scripture that you prefer doing. You know all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All Scripture. And you look at that Scripture until you conform yourself to that scripture rather than twisting the scripture and discarding it and falling away from it. Because if you do that, you're Antichrist, going in the opposite way to scripture. Almost everybody who says Jesus is Lord believes some scripture. But do they believe all scripture? If you tell them the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, as Jesus said in Matthew 5.32, what do they do with that scripture? Do they really believe it? Or do they explain it away and approve the man marrying a divorced woman? If a man marries a divorced woman, he commits adultery, says Jesus. My very best friend, when I was first born again, I think she was born again. She'd been raised a Baptist. She converted to Catholicism in order to marry an, a young man when she was a Fulbright scholar in Italy. He came back to the United States. They divorced she wanted to remarry. Now, I don't know if she knew this scripture concerning a man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. I, I don't know because I didn't know that scripture at the time I was around her. She's dead now. But she went to this church looking for a husband. There was a man at the church that she attended at that time, whose wife had died of cancer. And he had three young children, and he wanted to remarry. So he looked the women over and selected two of them 
to possibly date. Donna did not tell anyone that she was divorced. Hal selected Donna and began dating her, fell in love with her. Then she told him she had been divorced. But by that time, he was in so deeply, he couldn't give it up or he didn't believe the man who married a divorced woman commits adultery. I don't know which, but they did teach against marrying a divorced woman at that church at that time. They married, and later I met them after they married, long after they married. And I said to Hal, when I found out Donna had been divorced, I said, Hal, if you had known Donna was divorced, would you have dated her? And he thought it over carefully, and he said, No, I don't think I would have. But he fell away from the Word of God when he married her because he learned before he married her that she had been divorced. But at that time, they were obviously still teaching this in some of the churches. I've never heard it taught in church. I've never heard Matthew 5.32 taught in any church. But at one time, it was taught. The churches fell away from the scripture. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Paul says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord shall not come. Jesus will not return until first there comes a falling away in the churches. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. In 1982, I was reading this scripture and God said to me, the falling away are not people leaving the churches. It's churches leaving the scriptures. Verse 4, who opposeth and exalteth himself, Antichrist, above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. One reason the faith movement has so many people attending is they want to be God. In fact, you are taught to find a scripture to stand on, to rebuke the devil, or to keep him from attacking your house with hail or tornadoes, to keep him from touching any of your family with illness. It's called the authority of the believer, taught by Kenneth Copeland. I guess he's still teaching it. Back in 1980, he was teaching it. Vanetta Copeland was one of my best friends, Kenneth's mother. I never met Kenneth Copeland. I heard him at many of his meetings, but I never met him in person. Though Vanetta was frequently at my house, and I was at her house. She was a Baptist. She'd been raised Baptist. And one day Vanetta told me, she said, Joan, one of the children was dying in our family. And they were all standing around quoting scripture, and that child was dying. I knew the child was dying, and they were just quoting scripture. 
She said, I just went into another room and fell down on my knees and prayed. God help us. See, she knew the doctrine was wrong. It is when God gives you a scripture you can stand on it. Not when you go out and hunt one for your own lust. Our pastor, Robert Tilton, at Word of Faith in Dallas, I, I used to attend that church. Bob said, if you want a new pickup, find a picture of the pickup that you want, put it on your refrigerator door. As you look at it enough times, at some point in time, you'll figure out how to get that pickup. He also used scripture that way. It wasn't, God, please, if it's your will, bring this to me. Let me have a pickup. It wasn't that at all. It was a totally different method, looking up scripture to stand on. Now, I, God taught me a totally different way. Even before I went to that church, God had taught me, pay attention to the scripture I bring to your mind. Focus on that. Meditate on that day and night. He taught me from Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 to take that scripture brought to my mind, not looking for a scripture, take the scripture the Holy Spirit gives you. It's a very subtle difference. And at the time I attended Word of Faith, I really didn't see the subtlety in the difference. After I left Word of Faith, the Bible teacher, I said to him, I thought I was like everybody else here. And he said, Joan, you've never been like anybody here. He said, they talk about faith. You have faith. Well, that's because God talked to me. And he taught me to listen to him. There were things I wanted, but it wasn't the will of God. And I did not get them. Though I prayed for it, and our whole prayer group prayed for it. Everybody was praying for it. I didn't get it because it wasn't the will of God. But if it's the will of God for you, you know God hears you, says John. That's in First uh, John chapter 5. And if you know God hears you, you have what you've asked him. So it's a matter of praying according to the will of God. But it is not a matter of being God. See, Antichrist sets himself up in the church to be God. It's not a matter of turning to God and saying, what do you want me to do? Or, if it's your will, please give me this, or bring this to me, or change my heart. That's letting God reign. But that's not what's done in that movement. It is a matter of being your own God, becoming God, taking authority over devils, of doing those things, of teaching those things that you are as God. That is exactly what Antichrist is, according to the Bible. So Paul says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, it's not restricted to the faith movement. 
this thing of Antichrist. It's everywhere. Catholic Church, Baptist Church, Presbyterians, Episcopalians, Church of Christ. Why, they very strongly set themselves to be God. Example, what do they call their ministers? One time I visited the Church of Christ, and I'd forgotten their doctrine. And it was a Sunday school class, and the pastor was teaching the class. And we in the class were free to respond. At one point, I said, Pastor such and such, and he said, I'm not called a pastor. And I said, you're not? And he said, no. And I said, well, what do you call yourself? And he said, we are called ministers. And then all that doctrine, I remember from Church of Christ how I had been in that movement as a child, a young child, was even baptized at a Church of Christ and went to a Church of Christ college as my first college. And I remembered we didn't call them pastor. Matter of fact, I was terrified that a friend of mine was going to take cello lessons at a Methodist, at Southern Methodist University, where they called ministers pastors. I thought, oh, this would be awful. This would be a terrible sin to call your minister pastor. Well, later God straightened me up on that one. He took me to Ephesians chapter 4. After Jesus arose, he set up the New Testament church, and he gave to the church gifts, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's Ephesians chapter 4. So I left the Church of Christ doctrine and went to the doctrine of the Bible on the subject, and I went so strongly to the doctrine of the Bible on the subject that I forgot that the Church of Christ taught against pastors. And it just shocked me when I remembered I'd forgotten. (laughs) So please don't think that I'm saying Antichrist is the faith movement. That's one of the movements. The Church of Christ is another. The Baptist is another. The Methodist is another. The Catholic, of course, is big-time Antichrist. It is so visible, it's just amazing. Anyone would even go to that church if they ever read a Bible. Because so much is contrary to Bible. Where did all this stuff start? If you look at Acts 20, I think you'll see where all these denominations were just waiting to move in. Paul knew that he was, would never be visiting the church at Ephesus again. He knew this would be the last time they would see his face. So he called the elders together at the church of Ephesus. And he said, now, I'm not accountable for your blood, for I have not withheld anything from you at all, but have shared all the counsel of God with you. Therefore, I'm not accountable for your blood. But he said, I warn you. Now, let's look at Acts 20 and see his exact words. Start at verse 28. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock 
over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after themselves. Sitting right there at that moment in the church at Ephesus, when he was speaking to the elders of the church, there were people sitting there as elders who were just waiting for the opportunity to speak perverse things and draw individuals away to themselves and set up denominations. It all started in the early church. All of these denominations have been with us for decades. Now, the faith movement went started with Kenneth Hagin somewhere in the 1960s. But where did the Catholic Church start? When did the Baptist Church start? What about Church of Christ? They came from the Campbellites. There are all these churches and divisions. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto you as carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. And I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet are you now able. For ye are carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos. One says, I'm Baptist. One says, I'm Methodist. Are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. All of these divisions are carnal. And some people think they're witnessing to God when they say, I'm a Baptist. All they're doing is dividing the body of Christ. If you are a Baptist and somebody says, I'm a Catholic, aren't you divided? Or if you're a Baptist and you say, I'm a Baptist, and a Catholic is listening to you, Aren't you bringing division? That's all these denominations do is divide the body of Christ. And they have, they come away from where they were and set up another church because of something they don't believe that the first church they had 
or something they wanted to do. In uh, Lubbock, Texas, I met a woman who used to attend First Baptist Church, and she said, we started Second Baptist Church, some of us, because we wanted to have an orchestra at church to perform our music. And First Baptist Church didn't want to. But we separated from First Baptist Church and set up Second Baptist Church so that we could have an orchestra. But we didn't realize how much it costs to have an orchestra. Now, First Baptist Church has all the money, and they decided they would set up an orchestra. So they have an orchestra, and we have a piano. <laughs> well, all these nonsense divisions, that's how they get started. Or somebody decides it's okay for the woman who's divorced to remarry, and the church they're attending is teaching the scripture which says that if that woman leaves her husband, let her remain unmarried or let her be reconciled with her husband. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 and 11. In uh, Romans chapter 7, it says, if the woman leaves her husband and marries another, she shall be called an adulteress. There are several other passages on this. But they don't like that teaching, and it's not popular in the world. And people won't come to their church if they teach that. So they don't. They start another church where they teach God loves you, and he wants you to be happy, and of course it's all right for you to remarry. Have you ever heard that doctrine? I've heard it many times at church. But it's not doctrine of the Bible. And once we who belong to God see the Bible, we make a choice not to go to that church that's teaching opposite from the Bible. Well, all these divisions started back there in the day of Paul. They were just sitting there waiting to take over, waiting to start a denomination. And Paul knew it. It must have been horrible for him to have known that these men were just waiting for their opportunity to speak perverse things in Ephesus. I used to be so upset over these things until God showed me 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And in approximately 2015, God showed me this, and I saw just exactly what Paul was saying, that Jesus cannot return except that falling away come. The apostasy in the church had to come first. And Antichrist would come into the churches and set himself up in the churches, and people went along with it. Now, Antichrist and his followers will be destroyed in the judgment because we see that in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul tells us the end result of what will happen to them. Because they believe not the love of the truth. The scriptures. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness. In them that perish. Because they received not the love of the truth. That they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion. That they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. There's enormous pleasure 
in being a member of a church group. I've had to give it up many times because I would see a scripture and understand that church group was going the opposite way from the scripture. Therefore, I could not stay with that church group any longer. I've had to leave many church groups. And it's very, very difficult because it was my life. The church was my life. It's very hard to leave. But if you love the Word of God more than you love the church, you'll leave because you can't change that church. They've already gone that way. They've already fallen away from Scripture. The only thing you can do is leave when you see they're going the opposite way from the Scripture. But we who are of God must not be deceived. Jesus said, let no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. We must not be deceived by them. When they say they are a pastor, and they call themselves reverend, when they say they are a Christian, and they divorced and are out looking for another marriage partner, and we give them the truth. We did that with the Jewish woman who said she believed in Jesus and is a Messianic Jew. And she told us that she had met this man she hoped to marry. And she was divorced. We gave her the truth of the scriptures. And she said to us, Oh, I'm Messianic Jew. We have our own doctrine. We don't go by Bible. And I to Pam Paget, screamed out when she told me what this woman had said. I screamed out, there is only one doctrine, and that is the Bible. And what I spoke is truth. But you can't waste your time with that woman, and she'll pull you down and drain you and cause you to be constantly troubled. They will be thorns in your side and pricks in your eyes. You can't stay with them. We who are rebuilt by God, and that is, we're not rebuilt totally at one second. We are born again, but we are continually conformed to the image of Christ as we see a scripture and do that scripture. We are recreated over and over and over into the image of Christ. We who are rebuilt by God believe all Scripture because we know and believe that all Scripture is inspired by God and it corrects us and shows us the way of God. We don't expect to go another way and be approved by God. We expect to correct ourselves and bring ourselves to the knowledge of the truth by the Bible and through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God 
all scripture. Therefore, if it is in the Holy Bible, it is the same thing as God speaking directly to us because all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And therefore, it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. The Antichrist people believe some of the scriptures according to their preference. They may dislike homosexuals, and therefore they are quick to believe that homosexuality is vile affections, as it says in Romans chapter 1. But they may want to divorce and remarry, and therefore they may explain all of those scriptures away. But we who have the spirit of truth in us and cling to the truth are the disciples of Jesus. We are the ones who belong to God. The others are Antichrist, though they say Jesus is Lord, for they will not allow all of the scriptures to rule over themselves. They will explain the scriptures away when they don't prefer the scripture. We might not even prefer the scripture, but we will keep it before us day and night until we conform ourselves to the scripture because it is our God. It is God. The word of God is God. John chapter 1. The word is God. And if we turn from the word to stay with the church, we're antichrist. We've fallen away. Jesus said, John chapter 8, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciple indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Therefore, we know them by whether or not they continue in the word. All the word, not just a few verses or their preferences. It is not what I think about homosexuals and lesbians. It's what God thinks about it. And we know what God thinks about it when we read Romans chapter 1. Therefore, we conform ourselves to think as God thinks. Romans chapter 1. Let's start at verse 25 who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator. For example, you see a mountain, and some people worship the mountain, but we who are of God worship the creator above the created. We know the mountain was created by God, it may be beautiful and wonderful. That just causes us to be in awe of God even more for creating such a thing. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. In God's sight, it's vile affections when viewing a homosexual or lesbian. 
For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. God also gave many other people who were not homosexual or lesbian, he gave them over to a reprobate mind because they refused to deal with all of the truth of God. They did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Because in verse 29 we read, Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventor of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So there are many other people who are turned over to a reprobate mind. And when that happens, you do not have Jesus in you. Because the Apostle Paul explains it in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobate? I have done this scripture many, many times. I have said to myself, All right, when was the last time I heard from the Holy Spirit? And then I think of that, and I say, oh, yes, this is what I heard from the Holy Spirit. And I know that Jesus Christ is in me because the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ is bringing things to my mind. And I am following him. And as many as follow the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 14. Thank you for allowing me to speak today.